Welcome to Emu Theaters. Please help keep your MP3 player clean by disposing of other podcasts in the appropriate receptacle. Concessions are available in the lobby. Please don't eat the emu. Please be courteous to others by refraining from talking during the map report. Enough people are talking already. Please silence your cell phones and pagers now. Your feature presentation will begin after the following song about Omaha. Left my home back in Omaha To see if I could make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita But suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Alright, then once again, welcome to Map Report number 35 June 21st, 2006 Hey, greetings to all in sundry. What's up? In sundry? Thank you, Thank you yeah. for greeting me. We never say hi to sundry, so I greet people supplies. I don't understand. Well, First if they have... Sundry. Do you want to leave their goods out? Yeah. All in their goods, and the goods that come with them. Okay. So, that's the idea. So yeah, so welcome. Here we are. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening as usual, and it's a three-person MEP report this week. It is uh, Russ, Story, and myself. Andy is on a train to D.C. somewhere, and he says that he doesn't know if he'll be here. So it's unlikely he'll join us, but it's possible. But he may the three of us later. It's possible. He may. It is he may jump possible. in. In the third hour. It is possible. <laughs> in the third hour. Yep. Right. In the third hour. Of the fantasy baseball draft. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. The post-game so, show. That'll work out fine. Do you guys enjoy uh, it? Yeah. Finals last What's night? What's going on? The, oh, the uh, finals. NBA I finals, you mean? Totally forgetting that mm-hmm. there was an NBA series last night. That's what I did. <laughs> I checked did out you the not fourth quarter. No, I did not watch it. What's I mean, I was, helping my fr- I was helping my friend move, you know, so that was part of it. And since he was moving, he didn't have his TV hooked up. But also, I think I could have been in a room full of TVs and might have still failed to watch it. Wow, listen to that. No love for the NBA. Because... Do you just not watch once say, Portland gets eliminated? Do you just become disenchanted with yeah, the rest of the teams? And, actually, which means about November I'm of every year, right? to realize that I, the basketball may be fading in my overall schema of, uh, of my sports. It's always been number two. It's always been a very comfortable number two. And I love to play. I still love playing basketball second because I'm no good at anything else besides baseball and basketball. <laughs> but basketball has been... <laughs> it's kind of... Kind of slipping, you know. It's kind of. I mean, in part, and it definitely has a lot to do with the Blazers being totally laughably terrible lately. But I was much more a Blazers fan than a basketball fan, I guess. I, 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 I wouldn't have known before because they always made the playoffs. They made the playoffs for like 20 straight years. But now I think I know that that's that's what the case was. And especially with these teams, I mean, can you really care about Miami and Will Shaq get win number nine and go talk about how he's gonna, you know, flip over cars as a cop or whatever? <laughs> Who cares? Dude, I just, the I just whole like team Dwayne was Wade. assembled to create drama in the finals. It's Alonzo Mourning, Gary Payton, and Antoine Walker. 
Like the unfulfilled, yeah. crappiest superstars yeah. of all well, time, all banding well, together in a Yankee-like way Payton. to go for a championship. A Yankee-like way. Try at this too. Yeah, this he's following Shaq Payton. around, Payton hoping that Shaq will pick up a championship the off yeah. the street somewhere. <laughs> I know, exactly. You know, he you know who's pissed Lakers off about all this? this? And Carl Malone never got it. I was Carl just going to say that Carl Malone's at home. Like, God damn it! Why does Gary Payton get to follow around Shaq and pick up his garbage? Why do I have to stay home? He's back in my home. That's my hometown of Albuquerque, running a car dealership. Going. Do you guys remember that the first third of the season, Malone was really trying to come back and deciding whether he was healthy enough to play, and he would have gone to Miami if that were the case, because he would have joined up with all his old, you know, geriatric buddies on the Heat to try to pick up <laughs> a ring for everybody. Have he would have won. He would have won. Oh, exactly. That's the only reason. It's because he didn't go. Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, I do have to say that I, I was I was impressed. I watched the fourth quarter. It's funny. Lately, I've been into like watching the ends of things. I watched the third quarter of Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, actually, which was surprisingly good. And I watched the fourth quarter. I'm going to go out Finals. on a limb, Greg. Yeah. And say that you do that because those are exciting. <laughs> that in sports, <laughs> the end of things is much more exciting. Well, I know. Timed games. Yeah. Than the beginning. <laughs> it's not really that strange. I keep I I'm a big second quarter guy. The wisdom in this. That's true. Well, no, I guess the point <laughs> exactly. was that I'm a big baseball and tennis guy regardless of when it is, and I'm a big college basketball guy regardless of when it is, but for things like basketball and hockey, I'm more of a casual, you know, more of a casual fan, I guess, is, is what I would say, so. so yeah, the um, only reason that I was so into it is because I'm watching everything on HD, which, again, makes me feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the action. I'm the sixth man running along the court. I'm open, Dwayne! I'm open! in the back of the ear if I wanted to, so Do they ever I couldn't here? stop watching yeah. these things. Occasionally they do. They'll just, like, Dwayne Wade will throw the ball towards the camera and he'll, like, smile. And I'll go, ah! But they just have to fool me. Dude, how good is Dwayne Wade? Oh, That's my phenomenal. God. And he's also extra special because he breaks his leg every game, apparently, and then limps around and then dunks 20 feet over people. That's also why he's cool. Okay. Can I put, I mean, I was assuming, if you guys cared, which you don't, so I was waiting for this whole Bill Simmons argument to be resurrected <laughs> on the show, because we all love Bill Simmons so much, the sports guy from ESPN, yes. who wrote this column that Mark Cuban incidentally totally backed and thought that Bill Simmons was God for writing, that if we allow ourselves to root for Miami, we're rooting for the NBA circa 1991, because we're just going to go back to the era of each team having one superstar that chucks 50 shots a game and everyone else is useless and pointless and it's just going to be triple teaming one guy and whoever one guy is the best wins the championship as opposed to teams like Dallas and Phoenix who had the best team concepts that we've seen you know, since San Antonio and Detroit the last couple of years. So I think that's In bunk, one year. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know. I yeah, mean, it's just Dwayne Wade. I'll tell what good. I miss from the 90s. I miss scoring points. They used to do that in basketball. I think that's another reason that I'm not as big a fan as I used to be. Do you remember when they scored points in the NBA? Not in the 90s, though, do you? you mean like how Phoenix, set, you mean how Phoenix set the NBA record for the most three-pointers this season? You yeah. mean like that many points? It's gotten better than it used to be. About five I years ago, it was I still don't think I saw any 140-point score lines for Phoenix this year. Do you know how many points Phoenix threes, averaged but... and gave up this season? They gave up How the many? most in the league. They gave up over 100 a game. Oh, God, now I have to look it up. And I don't know. I'm not oh, sure else, so I don't know where to find these things. Hang on. They're well, they used, gave up over 100, era, but they won 60 I, games, so they probably scored like okay. 120 a game. Yeah. There was an era when giving up 105 got you Defensive Team of the Year awards. 
There was that era. I like that era. That era was fun to watch. But I mean, to be fair though, it used to be it used to be a lot worse. I mean, there was a point I think in the mid to late '90s when it was just you know you were scoring 80 and 90 points, and it was the Larry Brown Defensive Basketball League, and that was as boring as all hell. So I agree with you on that. But I really do think that that part of it's improved. I just don't know that the viewing public is sort of caught up with the fact that it's improved yet. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry to interrupt. But I was idly going to Podcast Pickle Cast Wars, and we were on the second page. I skipped once, and we were the second there. That's awesome. It really is getting narrow there. I was gonna, I was gonna okay, bring it up actually at the end of the show, and we'll talk about it at the end. But yes, Cast Wars <laughs> is something that we've actually for us versus 267 other people. So we're we're getting there. We're getting there step by step. For which we thank all of Indeed. you. Indeed. But anyway, yeah, so basketball used to be, like, ridiculously boring, but I think it's actually picked up a little bit, at least at least more recently. I was thinking what you need to do is move Cleveland to the Western Conference so you can have LeBron and Dwayne Wade in the finals, like, every year. And just be like, the next 10 years, forget the rest of it, just put LeBron versus Dwayne Wade the next 10 years, every year. Well, yeah, I mean, basically Cleveland is Miami, just not as good. I mean, they built their team exactly the same. They're like, okay, we need a whole bunch of complimentary guys who can make open shots and rebound and do everything except for score the ball, which is LeBron's job. Right. And the problem is that Zygrunas is a lot more versatile. It's not quite Shaq. I don't know, man. And, you know, Dwayne's pretty free. Daniel Marshall is not quite Antoine Walker. Yeah, a lot of people are saying after this final that Dwayne Wade is now the best player in the league because he destroyed people on the greatest stage against a fantastic defensive team. Yeah. Something that LeBron has not necessarily been able to do. I mean, LeBron, LeBron is amazing. LeBron is amazing, but I don't. I just don't know that he's as polished yet as Dwayne Wade. That's what I mean. I mean, you could really have a situation where you have a modern-day Jordan and Bird rivalry, or or you know, Bird and John, Magic Johnson, or something, where you really put these guys up against each other because they're so say, young. When was there a Jordan yeah. Bird rivalry? Didn't oh, there they? was a Jordan Bird rivalry. There was a video game. Jordan versus Bird. Right? There was the, oh, there like is. I played that. That was a great game. Like one of the or first good computer basketball games. <laughs> That's right. I totally remember that. Remember and it that? had like the weirdest boss key ever. It brought up this silly spreadsheet. I mean, not that this was in an era when I needed a boss key when I was 13, but I'm sorry, still, what? there was a boss key, and it was a like, I don't know key? what a boss, boss key is either. What is a boss key? key? I don't know what you're saying. Is that oh, my summon, God. Does that summon my kidding? department chairman? A boss key? What is that? How... <laughs> you guys Break my boss You guys like talk about esoteric Voltron versus Star Trek references and don't know what a boss key is and you've played more computer game man hours. You may be the only two people alive who have logged more That's computer true. game man hours per year than I have. Well we're not proud of it. A boss right? key Fill us is in. a key that you press when your boss is coming <laughs> so that he thinks you're doing work. Or she. He or she <laughs> what? that you're doing work. And you're playing at work in the office, and the boss, this is a concept. I'm not saying it ever worked once in human history. I'm (laughs) saying it's the idea. The idea is your boss ducks in while you're playing Jordan versus Bird surreptitiously on company time on the company computer. So this is circa 1987, right? And you hit the boss key. Well, or 93. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, because I, I definitely haven't seen one. I mean, civilization failed to have a boss key. It's true. But, uh, Dude, you know, every, back then people everything would just paste then. a sheet of loose leaf to their screen and nobody would know the difference. This is before <laughs> such things happen. The boss key was yeah, you throwing a, a piece key? of paper in front of your screen. What's going on? Key. Nothing. I'm just writing yeah. down a, something on my Apple screen. Key, which I, is I also you go back every there. other key. Every key was the Apple key. It's Apple, <laughs> Apple, Apple, open Apple, oh, close God. Apple, boss key. How do I reboot I, I open Apple you plus go back five? To your old, 
if you go back to your old computer games from that era, you will see on all of their like little manuals that you will see like F11 boss. It'll it often wasn't really? boss key. It was just boss. It'll be like F11 boss or F10 boss. I promise you. Look oh through some old manuals if you still have them. You will see boss keys. Every game from like '88 to '92 had them. And I then, do remember you know, for a while there. This is before Alt Tab was invented, or before Tab at all. Yeah, there was no. There you had was to no press space five key, times. I don't think. Yeah. There was there was a tab, I mean, but no. Alt. I'm sorry. I meant open Apple, open Apple, closed Apple. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, this is before the Apple soda either. tab. Although, <laughs> while we're talking about Apple, we should comment at some point on the uh, Mac versus PC ads because I think they're really funny, especially in light of the Mac conversation that we had. Yes. Yes. Back. I actually know. I do want to. You come up back to, to doing the Mac voice, Russ? You know, I kind of every time I see that commercial, I kind of expect the Mac guy to do that. He'd be like, "Hi, I'm the PC." <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I'm the Mac. <laughs> I keep waiting for it. That it, that it all goes so much bit, better. That it all goes wrong. <laughs> Let me drag you to trash. <laughs> oh no! Exactly. <laughs> He's like, "I have a recycle bin." And I drag to trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the truth is that sort of look at each other. But even back then, I remember, I remember, like that's one of the things is that we have the pleasure of having old style games. Where, as Story mentioned on his recent Duck and Cover cartoon, found at BluePyramid.org, you know, basically there are no, there were no Mac computer games for the longest time because there just there was just no point to having them, which meant they missed out on some of the great things of old computer games. Like I was thinking about when you started talking about old computer games, I thought about two things. Do you guys remember the old copy protection systems? Like they used to have like a, a wheel that would come in the box and you had to spin the wheel and like match up the letters and numbers and oh, then put in a random I think page Jordan number versus bird had one of those in fact keeping it relevant like i think like yeah. a decoder ring yeah they like, came with yeah. a decoder ring and you had to enter it, was it like you'd open the cereal box but there was software in it exactly and it was like <laughs> like all the gold box pool of radiance games were like that and then the other system they had was you you would do that and you do whatever else and they required you to use a boot disk i don't know if you guys remember you see you probably don't remember as much of this as i do but i remember having to spend freaking oh, forever yeah. on like extended memory and how much to load up with expanded memory oh my god I, that was the most irritating thing to have to do and i and you would carry around like a five and a quarter boot disk just to play some of the fascinating games like Ultima 5, you know, and games like that. But those, those, you, all Mac users missed on that because they didn't have any of those things because they got to play like, I don't know, Lawn. Kid Picks. Or something Kid like that. Picks was you remember Mac the game, game. Lawn? It was like, like Open Apple Closed Apple game. Yeah. yeah. You guys remember Lawn? It was on Commodore 64. You had a little, you had a little I knew mower. a guy named Lawn. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was like, I had a friend named Lawn in the era of Commodores. In like third wow. grade, I had a friend named Lon, and we had a computer class. How do you like Commodores. that? I would love to see like the rosters indeed. of Story's class: Story Clayton, Lon Brachonki, Stanley Lon Desert yeah. Sand. <laughs> Everyone is Barnaby Stiffelsworth. <laughs> exactly. I did have a friend. To be fair, Ebbe I did Sand. have a friend whose name was Bowen Toretsky. Oh so, my God! You know, That's it's a fair tremendous. point. Bowen Toretsky. Yeah, we, we didn't have so that. That, was, that name put mine to shame. I had nothing on that name, nothing at all. We had a. You could bring it with both both halves of a name. We had a John Spitz and a David Vos, but neither one of those is particularly exciting. It's just sort of vaguely bizarre. That's pretty much all we had for exciting names. <laughs> we had this guy. Yeah. His name was a. Uh, oh, that's my name. 
man. Yeah, back in the day. Well, he was I remember really funny though. But I remember I mean, pl- the name. Of course he was. That, that all sort of fits. But I remember playing the really, really old style games, which were so there was one. The lawn one was where you basically had a, like a little rotating cursor that was supposed to be like a lawnmower, and you basically had to direct this lawnmower around the lawn without hitting a rock because that would break your mower. And it, oh my like, god, you, it really was god. about yeah. a lawn. It was about a lawn. I you thought had... it stood for something. Oh no, I was no, hoping it was like L O N, like League of you know Noob Grinders or something. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was actually it was actually no. a thing like that. And you had like. It was all. It was all back. It was on you know green screens. If you remember the old Commodore 64s, they all had these green blinking oh, yeah. screens. So it took advantage of contrast. Everything else. I also Sometimes played amber. I played lemonade on amber. there too. Do, yeah. do you know what I just pictured when you said that, Greg? I thought that somebody had invited you into a movie studio and had you stand in front of a green screen <laughs> and then push around a fake lawnmower, avoiding fake rocks, like it was a, an now interactive. That- three-dimensional game. And then they put it in a game. Now That's that Russ exactly has right. HDTV, he cannot conceive of less technology than that. <laughs> exactly. like, oh, you mean a Commodore 64 that was a weatherman station <laughs> where he stood in front of the green screen and had things projected behind him? Uh... You mean like that? Oh, you mean when you wrote in pen and pencil and that was actually, you know, typing on the world's largest keyboard ever in high definition. Like that? That's that right. What you meant? This TV. And I know they say DVR will change your life. DVR, I don't really watch enough TV for it to change my life. But any TV that I watch makes me very warmed. It warms me. <laughs> if you would come... Literally. It, it loses my English. Come off my English TV loses so to warms. <laughs> I've been watching two more of the HTV. Oh, it my likes, God. I like it. Based on what we were just talking about, check this out. Okay, go to... You ready for the website? Old computers. Go to 10. 20. Go to 10. Oh, yeah. 30. <laughs> that's, good too. that's good too. Oh, 40. That's quality basic program. <laughs> Sorry. I think I did that on every Radio Shack in America. Um, old computers. And, and, and. 10. Greg is great. 20. Go to 10. Press enter. <laughs> Greg, um, Greg is great. Greg is great. <laughs> Oldcomputers.net forward slash c64.html. This is tremendous. Check this out. Is this a flash video where a it's not zombie a flash comes video. out of no, a it's not N64? a flash video. It's the Commodore 64. <laughs> but it shows it shows like the tape drive. I forgot all about like the, the tape drive and like the it also... I had that. I had everything except for a modem. I was this close to being one of the first people on the internet in the world. <laughs> but when I was like 9. <laughs> but it didn't seem interesting enough at the time. Who will do this? Because it didn't do anything. <laughs> oh my been... God! It cost six hundred dollars back in nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, man. You know that's just proof that electronics are all crap, and they just make up prices for it. <laughs> you know how cheap the components are at a Commodore sixty-four. Pretty cheap. You didn't even need to buy a monitor. The monitor was your TV. This is great. At some point, they lost the ability to have the technology where your TV could be the <laughs> monitor for your computer. <laughs> Only the Commodore 64 could do that. After that, they're like, no, you got to buy a separate TV because, oh, TVs and computers, no, that doesn't exactly. do anything. Exactly. And it had, Fucking look at that, it had three channels God. of sound. 64,000 RAM. <laughs> That's tremendous. 64K. <laughs> Wow. I remember writing, I actually wrote a game, an adventure game. Like, I could only write the first half of it because I couldn't save more than that on my computer. And I remember having to save it on tape, and each time it would take five minutes to save the tape. And you could actually, the vo- the little cassette recorder that you used to plug in, the cassette recorder had to have the right volume, because if you didn't have the volume consistent, it could literally mess up the transmission. It was the most fragile saving system ever. 
when you pressed his like that's what it would sound like the whole time that was awesome what was it like it was like i'm not gonna do it it was like it was not like dragged to trash let's put it that way so yeah unbelievable that's it was like a shaman being strangled bring me my witch commodore 64 that's right. And then I had the old Tandy. $600. $600. I had the old Tandy, uh, Tandy 64, or the Tandy, no, the TRS-80, which had a separate cassette slot, and they made separate cassette games. So they had one that was called, like, um, I think it was called, like, Treasures of Dungeon World or something, and it was this, you'd put it in, and then you'd see, <laughs> it was the first 3D dungeon system, and what it involved was, okay, picture, like, Story or Andy or one of us in a hallway, okay? And you just see a frozen picture of them. And then to show that it was moving towards you, you'd hear, dong! And then the entire cutout picture would, like, appear one step close to you. <laughs> but there was, no, there was no movement. It was just like someone had taken the picture, like, in a shooting gallery and just pushed it towards just you, like, one book. block. You know? It's like a big, electronic, slow, yeah. stupid flipbook. Like a flipbook. Two bits. So when you a ran down the hallway book. to avoid it, and, of course, running was a relative term, if you ran down the hallway, you'd hear, it would get farther away, and then you'd hear, dong! And then there's story sideways, and then it would go, Dong, and it would flip the entire picture towards you, still frozen in the same position it was to begin with. It was not exactly um, interactive in the way oh, that we hey. typically expect it. This leads perfectly into the other major news story of the day. Your mention of Dong. You guys heard about the Typo Dong missile? The what? Koreans have. Want to launch uh, it? Oh, um, interesting. Dong. Interesting segue. Uh, yeah. I heard about the missile, but the, did you say Typo? Is it they spelled it wrong? Yeah, the Daily Show was all over this last night. They were like, the typo dong, which translates into kind of penis. <laughs> oh, God. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> really? And the great thing is, so they're threatening to test launch this, what is essentially an intercontinental ballistic missile, right? Mm-hmm. And then our response is, which could theoretically hit Alaska... Okay. And which nobody would care about anyway, even if it's <laughs> yes, yes. but that's fine. Except for our listeners in Alaska, we do care about you, but everybody else. Okay, yeah, I'll all, all, none of you. And so then the American government responds by, quote, unquote, powering up its missile defense system. Did you guys know that we had a missile defense system <laughs> that could shoot down intercontinental yeah. ballistic missiles? Uh, yeah. I know we we've had one it's in testing total for a long <laughs> yeah. time. That has not been able to hit the broadside of a flying yes, barn. Yes, exactly. But it's still <laughs> exactly. trying. They're launching no, the thing like that are actually been space used. at two miles an hour and it still can't connect. Exactly. But it's trying. It's trying real hard. This whole thing, is, it's just hilarious because the Koreans have no idea what their thing does. Like, their stories like it's half-fueled, it's three-quarters fueled, we don't know how far it can go or where it's going to go or what it's connected to. It's land then straight the out its own country. System, that's like, we've never used this, and it, when we've used it against our own things that we know when it's launching, it doesn't work half the time, and it doesn't do anything, and, but it, oh, we're powering it up, and Korea's like, well, we're powering our thing up. It, this whole thing is like the Cuban Missile Crisis as reenacted by six-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Also, it's powering up. Like, are they running it off of a Mac server? Or I know. <laughs> Commodore 64 or something? They're like, loading loading nukes. Please wait. Please, yeah. please wait. What they show a picture of, like, an Aegis uh, U.S. Marine carrier, and then they superimpose another picture a little bit closer, and it goes, dong. <laughs> it's powering up. 
<laughs> through an unfortunate glitch. Please the only way to, the only Insert way to third boot disc, please. Exactly. The only way to boot it up is actually to press play on tape. To start powering up missile defense, press play on tape. Oh, I have the wrong cassette. Somebody bring me that old Panasonic player, would you please? Wow, that's unbelievable. I'm sorry. To you don't have enough expanded memory. Drag to Alaska. Drag North Korea to trash. <laughs> oh Thank God. you. Seriously. I mean, it's it like a bunch of kids. I, I've got a ray gun. Oh, yeah? Well, I've got a super ray gun shield. <laughs> no, because my ray gun has extra super shooting power and it shoots through your shield. No, because because my shield was invented just now and I just made it a super impenetrable shield. No, because I, I, shut up. I hate you. He hit me. I'm going to get and my brother. This is what's going on. I know, Somebody exactly. please go get the lunch lady. That's what happens when you put uh, <laughs> when you put John Bolton as the ambassador to the UN. I love how they say these things. Then Yahoo reports on this is the following. U.S. would see North Korea missile test as threat. Oh, really? I thought they were going to be like, good job, North Korea. Pat on the back. Welcome to the nuclear club. I mean, like, uh, they're really going to be pleased that, you know. Well, frankly, <laughs> as compared to Iraq, which didn't have any weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> our policy with countries that actually have weapons of mass destruction is a little, is a little strange. Story. A little is North Korea in the Middle East? Consistent. Is it in the Middle East? Now, come on now. Right. Let's exactly. have a little realpolitik, no. please. It is actually okay. much closer to where it could threaten. The Middle East is like geographically as far from the United States as humanly possible. Whereas <laughs> Korea, within range of Alaska and maybe soon cities uh, near Russia and myself. So yeah, that's, maybe. A, you know, the more credible the threat. I'm telling you, if like Montana rebelled and went nuclear tomorrow, there'd be no way we'd be doing anything except singing their praises. Even even if they used weapons of mass destruction, if they like took their silos and used them against Washington D.C., this administration <laughs> would be like, yes, we we supported that action. That's great. The more credible a threat and the oh, yeah. closer you are, the better off. Our you crack are. correspondent oh, they David wouldn't talk to them from Montana like, would have to let us know. No, we're not going to talk on. to them. He would. Yeah, it's a good point. What uh, what is exactly what is the cutoff point for terrorists that we do negotiate with and that we don't negotiate with? Because clearly they they leave that word out. Whether they have actual power. Us. We don't negotiate with yeah. powerful <laughs> terrorists. <right? Bingo. laughs> we're afraid of them. Bingo. <laughs> then we're like, uh, I'm not going to talk to that guy. Let's go talk to Saddam Hussein more. He's still there, right? Well, he's in a trial. Right. You've captured him. You destroyed he's his country. Yeah, him. that guy. You <laughs> stupid Saddam. I'm in jail. Shut up and be a terrorist. I have no power. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Pretty much. I bet they do that. I bet like they rotate out the top brass of the NSA to go do that to make themselves feel better <laughs> every day. Jeez. It is true. You know, sometimes I agree with, with Russ. A lot of this, you just look at it and you're like, are you? Are all of you five, really? Are all of you five? You must be five, right? You're the kids that, you know, when you were five years old, you used to argue with each other and you would you used to argue who had the bigger Tonka truck. And you were like, well, no, my bulldozer, I can crank my bulldozer up and it'll it'll go over all the set. Well, I've got a steam shovel and it can do much more. I mean, that's that's clearly what this is, right? I mean, this is the I maturity mean, it's really level. hard to argue that a single piece of international politics in the last 4000 years hasn't been governed by those same principles. That's true. But it would be so cool if we are if we base things then on, you know, the equivalent of Tonka trucks. Like, why not just have a whole series of things based on, on that instead of stuff that's far more dangerous? You know, we could yeah. do that. Why don't we just generate a big mint system of, like, platinum Tonka trucks oh, and hand them out to awesome. each country? 
and you can have that decide everything. That'd be awesome. That would be generally, so much better. I absolutely agree. Oh. Or and then the world leaders country, would have Tonka truck me- races where they would dress up in the finest suits <laughs> and then like crawl along the mud on their knees, pushing the Tonka trucks in a big race to see That'd who would get awesome. most favored exactly. nation status. I would love that, that so much. So sweet. Dude, that would get more attention than the World Cup. Oh, oh. would like. This is the best where idea we've ever lived had. Would be determined by the outcome of that. How do we make absolutely. this happen? This is the best idea <laughs> we've ever had. Oh my god. That's tremendous. Jalabi's coming around the second <laughs> turn. His Tonka truck is in the lead. But here comes Tony Blair. Tony Blair scrounging along. Oh, he's we would have all these, these l- all these leaders would be chosen by their like deformed arms from pushing and like hard as rock <laughs> knees. And those would be the people who had all the power in our society because they could contend to push your whole country forward. Momar Gaddafi yep. confirmed today that he was removed from the No Tonka Trucks to You list by the United States and announced his excitement at the prospect of being able to go against such notables as Kim Jong-il in the Tonka Truck Finals. That will be, be awesome. This is not terribly far off from the uh, cage-fighting theory of diplomacy that we were going to employ when Jesse Ventura was making his run, and Hulk Hogan, too. You know, well, well if every governor is a giant, freaking 250-pound muscle-bound guy, maybe we should be fighting other countries hand-to-hand, one-on-one for things, instead of starting wars. Yeah. Maybe we should just have, like, biggest, you know, most physically strong guys leading these countries and have them fight it out, and that's it. Whoever they wins, definitely wins. make good decisions in the rest of the world. In other arenas, clearly. <laughs> you definitely want the linebackers of the world making all the decisions. That'd be Well, come on, Story. Could it be that much worse than uh, the spoiled, cocaine-laden, alcoholic sons of debutantes? Wow. No, it would probably be about the same. Can you say that again? Can we make that the title of a book? What was that? The cocaine-laced... I don't know if I can. I really don't even <laughs> no, know what I, I said. I just blacked out. And was I, I talking? I blacked try. out. Everyone go back and check this <laughs> out again. Oh, actually, though, I was going to say, speaking about this subject... Yes, rewind. Uh, the rewind button on the podcast will change your life. It'll <laughs> yeah, make on. everything different. I was going to say, uh, I was looking, Cleo was watching the other day, um, this best week ever that she likes to watch from VH1, and what were the first out of the five, they do like basically five topics in a given segment, okay? So the first two topics were Ann Coulter and why she has all these problems, and then uh, there was, and then there was the, oh God, no, it just went out of my head. It was, um, they were talking about the same thing we were talking that about in that same episode. Uh, oh God, it just went out of my head. Was this, it was this big thing we had been talking about in the show about Somebody memory stalled. loss. They were Somebody talking stalled. about memory loss. Greg is out of expanded memory <laughs> and extended memory. I need a boot disc. No, dun, get him the boot disc. Boot Greg from extended memory. The MEP report is brought to you by four champion debaters on TeamSpeak over the internet. Please stand by. This is funnier than if I remember what I was going to say. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's a five and a quarter boot disc. Okay, five and a quarter. Hang on. One second. Okay. Well, you like back. the MEP report? Back up. Please tune in at MEPreport.com. <laughs> Your listening is important to us. A MEP report representative will be with you in a moment. <laughs> I can't remember. If you want a sports-related MEP report, our business hours are Wednesdays from or a video game related MEP report. Press 2. Oh. If you'd like to hear about Russ's personal life, press 3. Strike if you two. are affiliated with Russ's personal life, please stand by and an operator will assist you. 
right. What I'm doing right now is I'm trying to go to the freaking Best Week Ever homepage. I can find out what the hell it was that I saw. I was excited because it was the same thing you're we were lot, talking about. You're a lot better off looking at the labels from show 33 or 32 or whatever it was. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's that's a much that's a much more logical theory. Um, that's a lot faster because I'm going to guess the map report talks about fewer things than BH1. If Fantastic. you would like to speak to a customer service agent, please have the subject matter in the episode you'd like to discuss handy. A reference list can be found on metreport.com. Please also have your IP address ready to read to the CSR. Oh, that's what it was. I just remembered it. I got a back, a back, a back. It's the gate. They were the number five. The number five thing. The number four thing was about what I was saying before about the uh, about Ann Coulter. The number five thing was about whether Superman is gay, and if so, how, and why are they defending whether he's gay or not? I was like, this is taken directly from the Mepreport show notes. That's exactly what was happening. Which was taken directly from FARC.com, to be fair. But that's fine. I, I still say. give us credit for doing it first. Which was exactly. taken from <laughs> what happened in the world that week. If you're saying, our sh- if this is a long-winded show of way of saying our show is somewhat relevant or could prove if we were terrorists that we were still alive at the time we claimed the show was being recorded right. because we refer to contemporary events, then yes, you've, you've proven your point. Yes. I wonder, by the way, speaking of well, that... Well, I'm glad we used up all that time for that. I wonder... If, Sorry. I'll, I'll probably cut some of it out. I apologize for not remembering that. So no. I, I wonder... Stop staying in. <laughs> it's funny, dude. Uh, That's good stuff. I wonder if... But the, that gets cut out just now. But before it stays in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no! But right... Okay. Okay, we're live now. Okay. No, but not now. Okay, no, no, now. no, no. But this okay, gets okay. cut. Okay. But the rest okay, is... For, but that's Starting cut. now. Okay. But fine. So yeah. do you guys okay. think that the North Korea... Um, do you think North Korea is aware that hitting Alaska would have little practical effect? I mean, are they just sort of like, if we can get over the border, we win? Is that the way it works? Dude, do you realize how smart... If they destroyed the Arctic uh, National Wildlife Refuge, or uh, oh, that's yeah, in Alaska, dude. right? Then yeah, all the environmentalists would immediately become war hawks, and then there would be no partisanship in America anymore, and then they would completely unite us to on a rampage all over the world, killing people. It would be awesome. They would all like be they call themselves also, the polar bears. They could, if they did just decimate the oil reserves, that would be pretty smart. Actually, now that you mention it, is that where the reser- our reserves are in Alaska? Allegedly, the reserves the, that will never actually do You heard of the us. Alaskan yeah. pipeline? I've heard, heard of a pipeline. pipeline. Yeah. Not the pipeline. <laughs> the, the pipeline. The pipeline leading into my house. There's a lot of oil. Most, Almost all of the American domestic oil is either in the Gulf of Mexico or in Alaska. I'd say probably 40% is in Alaska. Yeah, but then they would just like irradiate our oil and then it would be like super souped up oil and make our cars go yeah. faster. I've got radioactive <laughs> nuclear oil. We have, well, oh, I yeah. made it nuclear and radioactive by attacking well, you. Yeah. Well, no. I'm gonna. I've got oh. fire in my bombs that blows up your oil, so then it's all in the air, and you can't get it from the air because it's in smoke form. Yeah. Well, you can't attack me back because your really good friend lives right next door, and if you nuke them, you'd be like nuking them too. Well, no, because I put my friend in a shelter using my time machine from two days ago because he doesn't like you anymore, and he didn't tell you. <laughs> oh, I got nothing for that. You got <laughs> they me. would never do that. But it's true. That's they would why never we do can that. never nuke North Korea. Because it would all take out... I mean, Seoul is like, what, 20 miles from the border or something? <laughs> There's no way you could do that without doing irreparable harm to South Korea and possibly Japan. But it's true. It even and says... Thus destroying the world economy at the same time. It even says right in the freaking news story about the whole subject... And that, the production of Tonka trucks from, from now to all that's time. That's true. It would do that. It would get rid of oh that, too. Oh, my God. That's, that's true. <laughs> they have their finger on the pulse of the future of humanity by Tonka truck production. Seriously. <laughs> 
Isn't Tonka like a Japanese company? Come on, that's that's it's it right there. Tonka. Some... It would be curtains. It would be curtains for world politics if they if we go. ever had to hit North Korea. Somewhere deep go. in that's the North it. Korean peninsula, discussions are being had. You're out of your mind, man. Don't you realize that doing that could destroy Tonka? Da, 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 da. You know. If we no, destroy all the three-piece suits in the world, diplomacy will fail <laughs> because they will have nothing to wear. <laughs> oh my I God. mean, the North Koreans love chaos, though. North Korea, on the political scale, plays the role of like the crazy old guy on the street corner who's just like, blah, kill you, end is near. Blah. Well, that's true. They want attention. <laughs> it even says that in Yahoo. Blah, I'll throw a rock at your, <laughs> at your ankle. Yeah. Blah. And blah. you're like, eh, I don't really think a rock would hurt my ankle that much. And they're like, blah, get you, blah. I don't know where the rock's going to go. Blah. Blah. You got any money? Blah. Yeah, that's, that's their role. In I'm, really hu- I'm actually very do. hungry. Blah. Please feed me. Blah. What's your name? My name is Blah. Blah. Please send supplies. This rock is now a type dong. Right now, you Kim- wonder why they're not in the World Cup. Right yeah. now, Kim Jong-il is like, they're making fun of North Korea. Launch! Attack Alaska! I mean, like, seriously. That's the thing about North Korea is, according to Yahoo, the, the again, the same headline, they're, they're, the, all the opinion responses were, you can't do this because North Korea wants attention. Like, what are they, an ADD child? What do you mean they want yeah, attention? Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Just like the man on the corner. <laughs> you think I'm making yep. this stuff up. The man on the corner engages in conversation. Does he want attention? Doesn't he think he already That's has fair. it? The old North man in the Korea. corner? No, North Korea is always just like, whatever they can do to maximize attention. That's why they keep bringing up the idea that they do peace talks. The, the crazy guy doesn't really want peace talks. He's not really interested in settling down and making everything normal again. But, you know, if somebody will talk to him for five minutes, say, if he says, yeah, maybe I'll be normal, yeah, and they'll be like, oh, okay, well, we could, gotcha, <laughs> now you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, it's like you offer him low-cost housing. He doesn't game. want that. That's too normal for crazy guys. Oh, no. like, yeah, I'm not nah. saying that. Yeah. Watch your if face. If the U.S. foreign Eat policy were offering, were offering him North Korea low-cost housing, then we wouldn't be. They would not be worrying. What if you gave the old man in the street a Tonka truck, though? That would break him out of it, I bet. Who could turn down a Tonka truck? Then he could be a world leader. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that'd be like an instant promotion, right? Isn't that how that works <laughs> exactly. in our minds? Blah, I've got but a Tonka truck. I'm president. Of currency <laughs> of esteem and respect. That's. That's our Excalibur, is the, uh, the platinum Tonka truck. Exactly. <laughs> if you could remove the Tonka truck he from the sandbox. Tonka truck 20 feet along the street. He's our king. Oh. Yeah. But it's the, from but in the all bosom of the, the highway, solution. the lady of the ten did hand forth the shimmering Tonka truck <laughs> to the old man on the street. It's no more silly than and what we do now, man. Okay. No more silly than some of the ways we pick our leaders Look. now. Yeah. This is no system of government. Strange men lying in streets distributing toys is no basis for a system of government. Shut up! Supreme executive power derives no mandate from the message of some farcical kiddie play ceremony. Shut up! Why, you can't claim the world's supreme executive power just because some MEP reporter threw a tonk at you? Bloody peasant! Sorry. Nice work. Nice work. All right. Oh, man. I was about to start a sentence that began with the phrase, in all seriousness, and clearly there's no point in doing that <laughs> well, I think we've broken so out no. of our funniness. Thank <laughs> well, you. Uh, but in all seriousness... There's, there's none of that. No, I was going to say... <laughs> and now I'll go back on what I just said. In all seriousness, the solution is same. It's the same for the crazy guy on the corner and for North Korea. You should actually, actually treat it with a little bit of respect and offer it things that it needs. Offer to take it in. 
Give it counseling. Yeah, but, but it'll be fine. Like, what does it need? Just to make, can, Should we just declare like a World North Korea Day? So like, you know, every every once a year, everyone says North Korea is great. Everyone wears like North Korea clothing, and that way they can feel good about themselves. Like, what do they need specifically? It doesn't seem like they. They do. need food. They need they trade. Need food. Yeah, but he doesn't. Does, they yeah. need Kim Jong Il doesn't care about food. They need to be accepted into the world. They need to not have every country in the world have sanctions on them. If that didn't happen, then they could trade and feel like they're part of the community. I mean, yeah, if you have a lunchroom with 150 people sitting down and one person banished to the corner, are you really going to be surprised when he throws things at, at you? Yeah, but wait a minute, though. Come on. In this case, the leader, of South, but the leader of North Korea in this case has obviously not been affected by this. I mean, he has food. He even has, like, terrible sunglasses that he wears. So how do we get him to think, that to give him something that he needs, right? Because this isn't like the people in general are like democratically upset. It's he is specifically upset at the United States because they don't pay attention to him, Kim Jong Il, right? Well, maybe if we fed the populace, then they wouldn't be so uh, easily, you know, led into believing that everybody yeah. except them are scapegoats and they might actually try to build a reasonable government. I suppose. But they're like, well, I'm I starving really and angry and I don't have anything. Yeah. I, obviously, people hate me for no reason. Therefore, I hate them. I really refuse to believe that there isn't any country in the world on, in today's modern economy and setting that if you started trading with them and bringing them into the fold and setting up an embassy there, that they wouldn't slowly start coming around and be more open to things than threatening to lob nukes at them. Could we? I blame Sid Meier for your new perspective story. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all you have to do is hold on to them for till the year 2000, and you win a diplomatic victory. It's very simple. I mean, if you absolutely. build a space shuttle first, you don't need any food. Don't go to Alpha Centauri, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> that's like the. Because you won the world. Exactly. Good job. Because the opposite. Because that's actually true. Actually, if the world were run a lot more like video games in general, like if you guys played the game Gauntlet, right? The arcade game Gauntlet, where you would basically be running around uh-huh. and you would gradually lose food like you'd lose health <laughs> so the way to heal yourself is to just put another quarter in and you'd hear warnings like elf needs food badly wizard is about to die that's all we have to do we just keep putting in the equivalent of quarters into north korea they'll feel better about themselves and eventually you'll win the game and they won't be attacked and they won't attack us i think it all fits are you saying that rogue nations have a ticker that slowly ticks down towards zero when it's game over north korea is about to die to them then they die <laughs> North Korea needs food. <laughs> needs food needs badly. Food badly. Yeah, I mean. So North Korea is like a wow. big barbarian chucking axes at everybody else, and he just wants a little. Exactly. But see, North if you Korea give food, he's just can chuck axes longer and better, and kill more ghosts and stuff. But if they hit Alaska, it'd be like North Korea shot the potion. The analogies have even gone beyond me now. I don't understand. You don't understand this? Oh my god. Please everything about Dwayne Wade uh, and then Tonka trucks and then I got lost. Please. Maybe North Korea is Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Everyone out there Imagine if North Korea had the diplomatic skill of Dwayne Wade on the basketball court. <laughs> if Oh my god, I had world. the best idea. You, we'd be sitting in Korean. That instead of developing all these new stupid nuclear weapons that incidentally I'm just going to make a little aside, are violating all of these treaties that we're currently accusing North Korea of violating, which is the reason why we feel justified in shooting down their test, because we've already violated every anti-ballistic missile treaty and nuclear non-proliferation treaty. But that aside, if we're going to develop new nuclear weapons, I think the one that would work the best would be to strap a small tactical nuclear weapon to the back of Dwayne Wade and then just send Dwayne Wade wherever you need to blow up, because nobody can stop him. Who can stop him? And then if they stop him, then you just call a foul, and then he gets to blow up wherever he is, and that's cool. Do it, man. <laughs> Hi, you've reached the MEP report. Sorry. Dude, it's oh true. My gosh. Damn it. <laughs> Stupid 
Wait, music. <laughs> I think that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> can't stop Dwayne Wade. I think that's got I'm a lot of faster kidding. than everybody else. I think that's got a lot of promise. But I mean, like all these things we're discussing sort of points out the absurdity of the situation. I mean, obviously, real lives are at stake, but the lives are at stake for stupid things. Like you, you, you know, if you break it down, everyone thinks these are life and death issues, but they're life and death issues being resolved by five-year-old, but you know, by the equivalent of five-year-old maturities on either side. It's ridiculous. It really does come down to sandbox mentality. Why do you think I'm rooting for Ghana tomorrow? Uh, see, but that's not just the U.S. Oh, story. story. The problem is that every country does this. That's the problem. The soccer players including Ghana. don't want to ostracize North Korea. They just want to play soccer. Exactly. Why do you hate exactly. that? They want to wave the American flag, man. Ugh. Boo. Boo oh. American flag. You're right. I, I think if I played in the United States, I would definitely not be waving the flag. I think I... Oh, wait. Okay, let me ask you a question, Story. Isn't your attitude about yes. people who want to wave the American flag being evil, isn't that exactly the same attitude as people who believe that if you burn the American flag, you're evil? Aha. Because you're just taking the symbol to mean everything? Huh? No, huh? I'm just saying that it's a sign of patriotism, <laughs> and patriotism is what I don't respect. So it is a sign that you're buying into something that I don't respect. You're telling Especially me that there's the no States. reason to feel good about this country? That there's not a single reason to feel good about this country? At all. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that on balance, you can't feel favorably about this country. You can, I mean, yes, if all you care about is, you know, massive, I don't know, baseball units produced or something, utility from baseball, then yes. <laughs> and that's the only way that you okay, judge well, things good. on a moral scale. Well, I'm scale. glad I can still wave then, the flag then, then that's all the I United care about. the United States is there. It's true. I mean, you, fine. Story, can I ask you a question, but, though, about uh, that, seriously? Fine. You don't own a flag, Russ. Who are you kidding? Do you, do you have uh, a flag? A flag? <laughs> no. Let me no. ask you. Well, sorry. No flag, no patriotism. Those are the rules I've just made <laughs> exactly. up. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, Pretty story. Much. Do you, if you were to look at all the countries yes. in the world, name me a country yes. you'd rather live in than America, with all of its numerous problems, because it does have tons of problems. I mean, what is a superior country in terms oh, of? Oh, I'm not saying that it's a bad place to live necessarily. It's just a horrible place to feel good about. But what country can you, I under mean, your logic, what country can America, you feel good about, though? Oh, most countries are honest about what they're doing. I mean, frankly, you know, what? North Korea I have a little more respect for because they're at least honest to what they claim to be. Like, North Korea does not make any illusions about being sort of a rogue, crazy state. And they they do crazy stuff, and they'll let you know about it. And the United States should release the same kinds of crazy, vitriolic, insane press releases that North Korea does because they act the exact same way, as we've pointed out this whole show. But they don't do that. They don't, I don't know, you know story. release that information. Do you hear anybody knock- say, oh, because we're loving and democratic. But, Story, do you hear anybody knocking down your door you know, right now to take you away because you're recording a show in which you continually talk about how terrible the U.S. Is. Isn't that a little bit of a yeah, distinction blah, blah, between blah, here blah, and North blah. Korea? No, 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 no not blah, 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 blah. Country, though, they would be, <laughs> yes, because if I were a foreigner, the United States would feel perfectly justified in taking me away. If I didn't have a U.S. citizenship, they could lock me up and get me forever. Even if I do have U.S. citizenship, maybe they are coming to lock me up forever. That's all changing. <laughs> that argument maybe my paranoia is no is longer. Justified. Maybe, maybe, maybe they I are here. I mean, there are away. U.S. citizens in Gitmo, you know. So uh, is that true anymore, that you have the right to say whatever you want? Uncharged U.S. citizens for years in Guantanamo Bay. Can you really say this is a free country without the boot people coming to take you away anymore? Can you really honestly say that? I don't think uh, so. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't find countries that are more oppressive, but those countries very rarely claim to be, you know, this angelic, godlike figure that's coming to save everybody while actually just killing okay. and naming and being as self-interested as any other country in history. 
I don't think that I was actually trying to defend any of the hypocrisy and the stuff that you're talking or about me, because we, you know we're pretty much on the level or about that. My question right, is though, if you have a really good life, bet, whoa, and a whoa, great whoa, family, whoa, 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 stop for a second. I, I just have to jump in for a second. No, I, I am not defending the hypocrisy of the United States, which knows no bounds. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just pointing out that within the you know attack on the hypocrisy let's keep in mind that there are some things about the united states that have that not just related to how much baseball it creates that makes it maybe a little bit better than your standard terrorist nation and i think there are many more countries that are hypocritical than you think there are in fact i think you'd be hard pressed to find a country that isn't that hypocritical yeah, but in that way to the same extent by any stretch i mean every country has a little bit of hypocrisy but there are a lot of countries that are a lot more honest about what they have. They don't have the power to just be dishonest and flagrant about that. But go right, on go ahead, what Russ. you were saying, Russ. Well, I'm saying, isn't, isn't there a way that you can have the flag be not completely embodying the government and nothing else? Can it embody, like, the people? And, I mean, you know, we can argue about that, but some people could say, well, I really like the American people. I just hate the American government. And so can I say I support my country, not specifically the idiotic actions of my government, exactly. but still think the country as a whole is a good exactly. thing? And in theory, in a democracy, one creates the other. So the people are the government, and vice versa. Yeah, well, unless fine. You believe Even Dibble assuming the government is a crappy, non-existent democracy, but there's still good things about the country as a whole that aren't related to politics. But you don't symbolize that with the flag. You symbolize it with whatever the symbol is of that aspect of things, because the country yeah, as a whole how, how do you is most representative that? of the government. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking well, where's about? Where's my symbol, man? I want to wave something. What do, you what do like? I wave to what do you, symbolize what, do you what like? I'm talking about? Tonka trucks. That's a Tell me what, what I do wave. you like about America? <laughs> Tell me what I you like. like. That the, I, I, I like, think you wave the Yankees pennant. I think that's uh, I like wave. waffles and chicken wings and Roscoe's waffles and chicken wings at four in the morning. You should that wave a banner cheap that says and I Roscoe's go. chicken and waffles. I will buy you a Roscoe's <laughs> chicken and waffles okay. banner and you can so, wave but it's it a I can wave that, right? And you won't have any problem. If Roscoe's <laughs> then came out and said, we're serving babies for lunch. Now, not all Roscoe's employees have to serve babies for lunch, but we as Roscoe's are releasing a public statement saying we support babies for lunch. Eat babies for lunch at Roscoe's. Then I think it's fair to say that anyone who still waves the Roscoe's banner thereafter they've announced babies for lunch time is at least somewhat affiliating themselves with babies for I lunch. I just think you're And th you can be critical thereafter. of waving Sorry. flag that says... Babies That's for like lunch. saying that we still support slavery because we did at one point in time. Exactly. You can't say thereafter. Because that's that's like no, saying that we support. I mean, I think that's sort of stringing true. up I mean, witches because that's what we did at one point in yeah, time I mean, in like, parts of the country. Story. I just don't understand how your system is ever going to lead. Again, if you were really fair about it, I don't see how your system would lead to any country ever being a reasonable place in which to live or to be affiliated with in any respect. I don't think any country, because basically well, your like standard countries. is... I mean, I, that's probably fair. <laughs> that, ultimately, that's probably Chris. fair. I mean, I don't like Asian states, and I don't particularly like the, the concept. So I don't protest to that too much. But you can I definitely, I think, create a new nation or a new idea for a nation or totally overhaul a government or a system of government and create enough of a break. But I do think that any movement in that direction should have a new flag. And I think flags are very valuable and important as symbols. And I think that a new flag would signify that you're trying to break from that tradition. And if the United States wants to become an And as soon as you spill the milk and shit on yourself, country, then you have to drop a new flag because well, it's no good anymore? Start, I mean, I, I don't think that many of these people who have run countries are actually well-intentioned. You know, I think when you actually have well-intentioned, then if you do spill the milk, it's not going to be the same kind of 
you know, behavior as, oh, we spilled the milk, we categorically lied to our people and invaded a country for no reason except our own greed. Whoops. That's more than spilling the milk. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that idealism, the, I, I think that I would rather have a country which has an idealism in place, which it may continually not live up to, but the prospect is held out that one could live up to those ideals, than living in a country where, according to you, it's better because they're more honest about it. Yes, we're pieces of crap, but at least we tell you we're pieces of crap. Like, I would rather have a country in which you can actually say, why don't we live up to that's the ideals of our constitution? Your biggest issue is optimism, and mine is honesty. Uh, I think that's real. I, I mean, think that's, that's unfair. I, th I think I don't agree with that because I think that I think that your view of your view of honesty. I I don't I don't think that one should be super optimistic to the to the perspective of being disingenuous. But I think it's just as unrealistic to condemn every ideal that the United States stands for and says because you don't uphold them or ever upheld them in your 200 years of history, therefore there's no point and no worth in you know having anyone you know do anything associated with the United States. I think that's just as unrealistic and silly, frankly as claiming that the United States is right in everything it does. One side is absurd patriotism. The other side is absurd skepticism taken to such a degree that essentially it invalidates the good I mean, things that have happened. If I uh, Hold on, because I think you're conflating a lot of things. If I came out and said, you know, if I objected to everything that a U.S. government representative ever did or said because they were affiliated with that, then I think that would be the kind of thing that you're talking about. I don't do that. I come out, I've even said things that I think George Bush has come out with that are good policies or good statements. There aren't very many of them, but he has come up with some things that are actually good or a more reasonable solution to things than other mm -hmm. things. I'm just still, when our main influence and standard is what it is in the world, never going to cheer for the United States or root for the United States or feel like, go United States. I'm still open to them doing good things. I'm aware that they do good things. I've worked for, you know, programs mainly funded by the government before. You know, I still live here. Like, it's not like I've totally irrationally said everything is death and horrible and ridiculous. But I do think that patriotism goes another step. I think that patriotism goes into feeling like you really believe in the government and the country and everything that it stands for. And, you know, yeah, I believe in a couple of things that it stands for and does occasionally. But I think on the whole, what we are as a nation is still a fundamentally evil influence. That's in the interesting. World, and I can't support that. And I'm not going to support a team that's affiliated with that's that. That's interesting. May I approach that's this from another yeah. angle? I would like sure. to, another angle of approach. Back to more of the original question. You're, you're a really good soccer player. You're Kevin McBride, that douchebag who missed like five goal opportunities in the game against I Italy. I think his name I think Brian. your name is Brian McBride, actually. Brian, but okay. yeah, you're Schmucky <laughs> McFace who gets all bloody and then screws up the game for your team. But, you know, for right. your whole life, you've been a phenomenal soccer player. What options do you have? I mean, other than, in your opinion, he's just representing evil as soon as he walks on the field in the World Cup, right? Right. Is there anything that he can do to be, you know, ambivalent or not, I mean, other than not play at the highest level? Do you just have to forfeit playing at the highest level because you're all of he a sudden affiliated with a country? He could move. He could move. So he can't, I mean, he there can't are all play kinds of for the country that he grew up in because the country does things he opposes. I mean, if that's his choice, you know, but at the point at which he's getting, you know, involved in something that's representing, I mean, he could also have a perfectly wonderful career and play at all other levels of soccer and just sit out of international competition. That's all. Sure. And you could have, and you could have debated for being a good soccer player. Yeah, and you could have debated locally in a yeah, couple of universities and you could, you could have sat out North Ends and Nationals and Worlds. You could have sat out it's Worlds true. too. And that, and I dare say, I dare say that, you know, I don't think I would have had a drastically less 
whatever career if I had done that, you know? I mean, I don't think I would have missed out on the opportunity entirely or not proven my worth as a debater. Clearly, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, you know, win the title North American champion that I did, but, you know, like, I still, you know, I mean, and I would have, I personally would have felt less fulfilled, but if there had been, you know, an important political statement to make... But let me ask this. Then that would have been a calculation that I But let me ask this. If you consider the world as functioning, the world obviously began its history by functioning in more or less tribal systems, right? You had people individually, then they started making loose associations, and then you had sort of tribal conflicts. Sure. To the extent that... Until the invention sure. of the Tonka truck. That changed a lot, I agree. That, that definitely changed Sorry. a lot. Um, but to the extent that right. tribalism was in part overtaken or conquered or removed or at least minimized by the appearance of nation-states. And as an example, I'll give you Yugoslavia, which when Yugoslavia began to break up, you began to see uh, more ethnic conflicts taking place between various you know, ethnic groups and so forth. Sure. To the extent, then, that nation-states right. avoided that, would it not be better? I mean, isn't the reason that we like the Olympics or the World Cup or something like that? Because it's better to see people, first of all, in sports competition, not military competition, but more to the point, it's better to see people representing nations going going against each other, rather than representing, let's say, individual tribes going against each other. In other words, isn't this a logical step towards an eventual, you know, uniting continents, eventually uniting the world, you know, vis-a-vis other worlds, and eventually uniting the universe, if you want to get really crazy? I mean, isn't it fair to say Absolutely, that we're in a transitional why do I have stage? why like the United States? But then that? why like the World Cup? I mean, Why sure. like the World As Cup? A, everyone who steps on, according to your theory, everyone who steps on a soccer pitch represents everything bad about their country and good, everything that's in their country at all. Not the idealism of the country, not the country as it would like to imagine itself at its best, but its country in its entirety. Why then like the World Cup at all? You don't think Ghana has a whole series of tribal conflicts and attacks and you know I mean, and terrible things? Problems, but I like other countries more. Yeah. I mean, you can call it irrational if you want, but I like the color and flavor and flair of other countries more. And frankly, if I felt the way that you guys are asking me to about America, I wouldn't like the World Cup. I wouldn't like the Olympics. I would just be like, oh, it's other countries. Give me America. No, the argument it's is not America. because I don't like America that <laughs> much Amer- that I take such an interest the argument in is not America the right or wrong. Like I mean, that. the argument is not America yet, you know, you know, good or bad. The argument is at times, you know, how many people come we com- we complain and talk about how stupid America does things on a number of occasions, but there's a long step from that to go and therefore the essential, you know, point of America is worthless and therefore everything representing in it represented in America is worthless and the whole thing is pointless, but if you're going to ask me would I prefer to live in America I mean, or let's say live in Libya? Just... Yeah, I'm going to choose America in those situations and I don't don't think that's irrational wow. or unreasonable to you do. You keep talking about there's two things going on, Greg. First of all, you keep talking about you conflating quality of life with agreement or like of the country overall. I'm not trying to argue with anyone about, rights, about quality of life being good here from a personal, selfish perspective. Quality of life is excellent here. Again, I still live here. I think that I live here more because I have attachments and friends and family here than because of quality of life in and of itself. If I didn't have anything tying me down, I probably would leave. So it's more about the people for me, but quality of life, of course, is massive here and is excellent and is fantastic. But what about rights, story? I'm not arguing that you, at you all. Acknowledge I haven't there argued are, that the whole time. There are well, some rights know, that you have here that you wouldn't have sure. in countries like Libya, right? Not yeah. just quality of life, but rights issues as well? I mean, that, yes, there are, this, there are some countries where you wouldn't have these rights. You would have these rights in, you know, maybe half of countries at this point. Again, with the Guantanamo stuff, 
the U.S. is rapidly falling on that list. But yes, overall, with or without rights, quality of life is excellent here. That's not the field of debate or argument. So you keep bringing it back into living here, living here, living here. It's not about living here. It's about agreement with or sponsorship or, you know, like of the country. And I think that you keep bringing it back to this ideal, and I think this is a fundamental difference that you and I have, is that the way I read U.S. history, I see the U.S. being hypocritical to its ideals every single second, and massively so. And maybe you believe in the American ideal, maybe you believe that some of the founding fathers really sincerely believed in things. I see them as a bunch of whiny brats about their taxes who were willing to kill over taxes because they had nothing better to worry about. They talked about equality of man while holding slaves and treating women as property. Uh, you know, I don't buy it. They eradicated the Native Americans in the biggest successful genocide in human history and, you know, all the while talking about freedom and some shining city on the hill. Like, I'm sorry, the United States history is a rap sheet to me, and I don't see any idealism there that isn't pure hypocrisy. Well, I just think you'd find that same rap sheet in every other country on the earth. That's my view. I, I, I don't think you find any country without such a rap okay. sheet. And I think, therefore, I what you're essentially doing is... I don't see a lot of countries who have pulled off genocide. Well, I do. I think you'd have a hard time finding a country that well, didn't. you just have to go for a little bit further back. Yeah. You'd, every country at some point in its I mean, history you know, did similar the, things to what was done you know, Every country. The British Empire... Or the every country, the Gauls every or the single Saxons. country. I mean, you just have to go back far enough. Well, okay. But so, my yeah. point is more, I think that I should be allowed to root for the United States and not feel culpable for its political history for the same reason that if you knew a guy who lived in an apartment in your building who told you that he was going to the World Pinball Championship and that he was going to, you know, be he was one of the top pinball players in the world, you would automatically root for that guy. It, regardless of what you know about pinball, who, you know, anything that you've seen before, whether you saw the guy play, you Not would just root for him jerk. because he was familiar to you. If he, well, that's the thing. The soccer players aren't jerks. Exactly. Okay? You can think the country is a jerk, but the soccer players themselves are just guys who grew up in places that we're familiar with who are now playing against people from all over the world. And just based on that basic level of familiarity, the same reason that you like Portland and the Mariners is because that's where you grew up. And so on a larger scale, we grew up in this country, so we root for those guys to play against players from places we didn't grow up. Yeah, I mean, it's totally irrational and arbitrary, but it's fine. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Of course it's yeah. arbitrary. Just like a okay. Seattle Mariners I mean, affiliation you, is arbitrary. You can't root for the United States. I'm explaining, I'm explaining like why people saying I don't. People Everything in pride in their car. We've it's talked all arbitrary. Saying I, I love my Corvette because my Corvette makes me feel. It's totally arbitrary that you associate yourself with a possession, but you do it because you like the Corvette and it makes you feel better, and it's something that is close we to have, you. But there's no reason that you should be a better person. This. Yep. Yeah. We had a whole map report already about it. this, and it's how a total it's all human irrational. nature to do that. Of course. It is irrational, yeah. but it's human nature. That's I think fine. it's fine. It's excusable. I think it also. No, I'm not. Did I ever once say it's inexcusable of you to root for the United States, Russ? I, I you said it was if I would wave my flag. <laughs> say I couldn't wave my flag. Yeah. But I think it's. I think it's. You know. I think <laughs> in terms of arbitrariness, <laughs> it's it's less arbitrary right. to root for. You win. It's less arbitrary to root for a place in which you grew up and which you have some connection than it is Map to root for some random. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. Okay. Then to root for some random. Listen, uh, then to root for some. You know, like random You're, thing because of the connection with that. Mm, that's all. Oh, I could you know? I could play back quotes for you, Greg. 
from Map Report 22 that you disagree with yourself right there because you were on the other side of it. Andy was arguing with us and saying that all professional sports teams should have to be mandated to only recruit from their neighborhood. So it's more like the World Cup or it's more like something right. like that. And you and I both said that there are all sorts of reasons for liking a team other than just proximity, like your like of the Steelers oh, or my like absolutely. of the Pittsburgh No, no, I agree with that. These things, no, no, I, I still agree okay. with that. But the idea so, is that that's still so arbitrary, it's no though. It's more or right? less rational. Well, I don't know. I mean, sports are arbitrary. Sure, that's but fine. But it's still arbitrary that's is the fine. point. But to the extent that sports are on are somewhat symbolic of a field of international relations and a field of international interactions, then I am going to arbitrarily choose against the United States for my reasons. I mean, arbitrary with you know some reasons, and you can use whatever reasons you want. And if you guys want to use your reasons to root against poor, humble Ghana, who's never got a break in its life. And has never killed totally anyone fine. ever, and that's has never had anything associated with tribal attacks or warlords I mean, or anything not on bad. The same scale. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's for me, it's that's basically it, is that these guys, you know, are from my country, so I've probably been places where they were, and yeah. maybe closer to their lives, and, you know, also the fact that they're underdogs because we suck at soccer. I think those two things are enough for me to root for the for the U.S. Yeah. soccer that's team. Fair. That's fine. I never said you couldn't. That's totally fine. Yeah, I just think what it comes down to is that I think you're being very realpolitik and realistic about the United States, and very non-realpolitik and realistic about every other country. I think there's a problem there. I mean, you can't tell me that colonial victims were like really, you know, that nations that have existed for 20 or 30 years rep that came out of colonial victimhood represent, you know, committing atrocities across the world bet? and going out and influencing the rest of the world. I'll for give Ill. you one right now. You're really going to tell Absolutely, me that? Absolutely, I'll give you one right now. In South America, I'll give you one right now, the Aztecs. Okay. When South America, when, the, when Spain conquers South America, and when Spain takes over most of those provinces, and you hear about all of the destruction and all of the stuff that they leveled, what gets left out of that equation is the fact that for centuries, the Aztecs enslaved, tortured, murdered, killed hundreds of thousands of people in the process of their conquering. And before that, there were other tribes which they had conquered which did the exact same stuff. So this idea that the Aztecs were the put upon. Okay, but where's the country of Azteca? Well, okay, but that's where's that's where I get back to this Azteca? idea of tribalism versus something else story. Like, Ghana has not been around physically as long as the United States, so clearly as a country it will not have committed those atrocities, but the people in that country, the history of the people who lived in that country, will have the same kind of bloodshed. That's why it's so dangerous to look at history and spend your time thinking about who owes what for whom. I mean, clearly history is something to keep in mind, but not if you're going to use it as a basis of judgment, because that's when you get into situations of, this is our ancestral land. Well, it was my ancestral land a thousand years ago. Well, my Tonka truck says this. That's what happens when you get into this issue of history, and that's why you can't base things on, well, the only country that's ever really done crappy stuff and is hypocritical about it on its scale was the United States, because on the basis of per capita, you know, per person, or the damage or the evil or the bad things that were done, countries like Ghana have just as much to answer for on that scale as the United States does, not as countries, but as people within those countries. No, because Ghana wasn't influencing the rest of the world. It was re influenced the rest of the continent. It just wasn't. It just was never influencing was. the rest of the continent? No, not that much. Oh, come on. They're just places that were not expansive and conquering. And No, it's true. You cannot tell me that. I, I mean, I, I understand that you're trying to be even-handed and equal to everyone, but there are superpowers that go out and oppress, and there are other countries that just sort of hang back and get beaten up. And I just think that it's okay to root for the beaten-up countries. <laughs> okay. That's, That's all. Okay. I think it's a lot okay. Of, a lot of rooting for... That's I fine. mean, we've agreed that it's this fine. is all arbitrary.
I like the sports oh. underdogs. Story likes the genocidal underdog. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all the same thing. I mean, that's the ultimate underdog, though, is when your people are getting wiped out by the hundreds of thousands, and then you go back and win something in sports after being killed. That's pretty good. That does change everything, too, once you've done that somehow. That's better than just losing matches. (laughs) Like, if your whole team just gets annihilated by some conquering army, and like, damn, we've got to build a new team. That's right. That makes it a lot harder. That's right. So... Well, gentlemen, we've just about come to the end of an hour. I wanted to say, uh, did you guys get the voicemail that I sent you that was left for us? Did you guys get that? Yeah, I haven't listened to okay. it yet. Okay. So, all right. So, um, all right. Maybe we'll play. We'll, it we'll next try week to play. We'll see if we can try to play that next week. Um, we do want to thank everybody for listening uh, to us as always, right. and we do want to mention because it's not in the promo clip. Uh, Story made mention this early in the episode. Cast Wars is going on right now at podcastpickle.com. Yeah, the there pickle. are now only 268 podcasts that remain, and we are one of those little 268. So please go over, uh, you go to the Podcast Pickle page, and you keep clicking until you find us. And it doesn't involve a lot of clicking anymore, because there's not that many shows left. And you just click on our picture, and you've put in a vote for us. And that would be great. Yes. Say hi to the emu. We are the best 168th of your week. And we are one of the 268 best podcasts in the world. So it's all rounded together. In the world. That's among tribal podcasts and country-based podcasts right. and soccer team and Roscoe and Waffle-based podcasts. We're better than at least several thousand. I don't know of if us, I can support that. Even though we've committed some we've genocide some bad in our things, past. That's right. But you can't judge us on the basis of the genocide more on the basis of whether we're funny or not. Emus have never committed genocide. <laughs> Emus never committed genocide. I don't want a and historical both. context of how funny we are. If you found us funny in your recent memory, then, then that'll work fine for us. For us. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody, that's for listening. We'll see you. I will only accept your honor if uh, you've been, fu- if you think we've been funny forever, yeah. the whole time. That's right, <laughs> through and through. And never once claim to be funny without being right. funny. when we're not being funny. Right, right. right. No, it's funny. Uh, have a, good have a good one. That's Thanks for listening to us. We'll see you guys next week. We're Say so goodbye, done. everybody. Go Ghana! The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron, or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's a moral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Just another day away.